Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leverett Ball Show. And on this episode, we're joined by two-sport professional athlete, Nate Ebner. Um, and Nate, you know, I know um, you most recently played in the NFL with the Giants after spending most of your career with the Pats. Um, and then obviously, you know, you have your your background uh, playing rugby in the Olympics as well. Um, but, you know, it's interesting, like when I first met you, um, I interviewed you on the podcast I did last year with uh, former NFL player Marcus Ogden. And he told me a lot of things about like post NFL life that the general public doesn't know. Um, you know, he said just about every guy he knows, unless they're like a punter, you know, was beaten to shit, you know, throughout their playing career. And there's, you know, physical pain you deal with. He also told me, you know, a lot of guys get day jobs. You know, the general public might just think that, you know, you retire from the NFL and sit on your ass for the rest of your life. He said most guys have jobs, whether it's coaching or working in office. But, um, and, you know, I don't know what your plans are as far as if you want to play again or, or retired or whatever, but what is, you know, life been like since your last NFL game? Um, yeah, I mean, well, for the most part, for me, it's been, first, I got to give a shout out to that rugby poster you got in the background. That's pretty sweet. I love the old school rugby you know, artwork, it's great. I got me that for Christmas. Because, yeah, when I first met you, I told you I played in college. So uh, yeah. I'm washed up now. So that's my way of, like, feeling athletic. But, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I got some good old rugby uh, artwork. It's uh, – that's some of the best. But, uh, no, I mean, for the most part, man, I had some pretty uh, – you know, I kind of wore my knees out to till there was nothing left uh, from a cartilage standpoint. So I, you know, recently underwent some pretty new surgery – um, for cartilage repair on articular surfaces, which, um, you know, I desperately needed. And, um, you know, I've kind of been working through that. Um, I needed it in both knees. I pretty much did the same thing on both knees, just running full speed and stopping for 10 years uh, over and over again, every play, every game, every week in practice, uh, just kind of wore down to nothing. So um, kind of recovering from that. But uh, just recently, got my left one done, which, you know, was the second one. I took care of my right one first. And uh, so hopefully no more surgeries and just kind of recovering. And um, yeah, I mean, just getting used to, you know, dealing with that, trying to walk, trying to, you know, do rehab like, like, like a professional athlete, you know, because we do it really well, trying to get back into sport and I want to feel good, you know, but um, at the same time, uh, I don't have to go run around or anything anytime soon because of it. So I'm trying to take it easy. And uh, with that, you know, trying to get involved in some other stuff that I have that I'm passionate about and, um, and, and really just enjoying uh, kind of the fruits of my labor, you know, working, you know, not only the last 10 years in the NFL, but three at Ohio state and, you know, Three before that, I was on the junior national team playing on the junior World Cups uh, since, you know, really I was 16 years old. So for the last like 16 years, you know, I've been head down, just grinding at the highest level. So in a way, I'm kind of taking a year or so to myself to find out what I'm passionate about, obviously rehab and, and try to get healthy there. But, uh, you know, take a take a breath and 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 in a moment to kind of reflect and, and see where my heart lies when it comes to, you know, what I desire to do for the rest of my life or just in the near future in general, um, just what I'm passionate about and diving into those things. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. I think in any really competitive profession, like people don't understand, like 
to make it at the highest level in anything, you just, you're so hyper-focused. And I mean, you know, I didn't play sports professionally, but like for me, like trying to, you know, break into broadcasting. And when I eventually got on ESPN, I had no life outside of broadcasting. And, you know, from sure that's that that way for you as, you know, the professional athlete, Um, you know, my dad also, you know, he was a college professor. He wrote published books when he was on a deadline to, you know, get a, a book finished he wasn't aware of the outside world. And so I'm sure, you know, you've been that way with, you know, football and rugby and it's, it's nice to finally, you know, like you said, catch your breath and be like, wow, you know, there there are other things to do, um, you know, with my time. Um, But, you know, you said that there's some other things, you know, you're passionate about that you want to eventually get into. Um, You know, I don't know, you know, if you have like a timeline for announcing these things, but um, you know, what are some, some things that you're looking to, you know, promote and do? Um. One, I want to piggyback what you said earlier because I think anybody that does anything at the highest level, it completely consumes you. And you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, especially if you want to have success and you're, you know, you're desperate for it, you desire it, you, you know, you don't want anything else, you you commit all your time to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But um, yeah, you, you forget about uh, you know like Halloween parties coming up and, and holidays and, uh, you know, what's on TV and you just, you just are so consumed in what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, that's why I, I feel like I just came out of the gopher hole and I'm just like looking around, like what is life, you know, cause I've just been so consumed by, it. um, just sports. Um, so yeah, but I, uh, I don't really have like, I'm not one you asked if I'm going to announce, I'm not big of much of an announcer in general. Obviously I didn't even post about, you know, football career and stuff. Uh, you know, but um, no, I mean, obviously, uh, sports are have been a huge part of my life. I've I've always been a part of it, whether it be rugby or whether it be football. Um, I know I could make an impact there, whether it be uh, coaching with football for sure. I mean, that's kind of how I felt as of my last couple of years in the league. Anyway, I felt like a coach. Um, so I know that's something I could do. I would be passionate about, but like we just have been talking about this whole time, you know, football consumes your life. Is that really something I want to dive right back into after just spending the last, you know, 13 years playing football at the highest level? It's like, do I want to go dive into that as a coach and consume myself with that? I mean, I think there are other things to life, not to say I'll dabble in those and and not be, you know, never find that fire like football gave me. I, I, I can't answer that question, but Football will always be there. Sports will always be there. I know rugby is something I'm passionate about, and I could have a huge impact in the game um, as far as, you know, not just coaching guys on an individual basis, but, hope you know, hopefully promoting the sport throughout our country. And, like, you know, the Rugby World Cup just got announced to be in the United States, which is, like, a major, major, major deal, you know. So um, that, that that's coming up in I, tw- 23. 32 i think i'm I'm 20 30 something like that um so you know next next 10 years or so like the the push that we make in this country for that sport is going to be you know needs to be huge um not only from the fan base but the team needs to do better all those things so you know that kind of pulls at me a little bit and then um stuff outside of sports honestly um you know just from an investment standpoint things that i want to do there uh you know uh whether it be just specific investments I'm not going to get into or just like, you know, what type of career and life do I want for myself? You know, what type of money do I want to, do I want to make? Um, you know, you start to ask yourself those things. Um, 
I'm, I'm such a blue collar a guy grew up in a junkyard um you know obviously like if you read my book it's like i don't i'm not a i don't i don't know what making all the money in the world is going to do for me i don't live that life so um i think that's that's kind of where i'm at is uh where can i make an impact in people's lives and in, in, in the community and and do something that i'm passionate about at the same time um on a completely side note i mean i've you know really into you know writing and uh, my book is obviously out um i've been asked to you know potentially make that a movie which would be really cool i'm really into movies and uh being an executive producer on something like that would be so cool and um you know I, I, for fun kind of dabble in that world just on my own and my own creativity so um those are kind of things that i have going on and uh obviously spending more time with with friends and family that i've i've missed the last 10 years and and that's been you know been really nice cuz uh, you know you miss every holiday pretty much when you're playing football and uh it's just nice to be around so yeah no that makes a ton of sense and you know you talked about also how you spent so much time playing football and you're not sure if you know you immediately want to just you know re you know retire from football you know become an assistant coach um you know last year I interviewed Jeff Garcia the former 49ers quarterback and he said that um you know, when he got out of football, he dabbled in assistant coaching in the NFL, but he realized he would never get to spend time with his kids if he was an assistant coach. That's what and, I'm afraid of. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't even have kids, but I, that's something I want, you know, in my life going forward and a family and, you know, uh, that stuff's important to me. And I don't want to throw that away to not like, don't get me wrong. Football's changed my life and I'm blessed to have been able to play as long as I have and have the successes that I've had. But there's other things to life and um you know i want to experience those before i just go right back into the cave and, and break down film so yeah no that, that makes a ton of sense um and you know also you know you referenced your book and you know you also referenced being a, a blue collar guy but you know i'm curious um you know sometimes certain things you experience you know kind of make you who you are um mm -hmm. and you know, in your book, you know, you talk about overcoming tragedy, um, you know, when you lost your father. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm sure we're very different in some ways, but my my high school that I went to is actually writing an article about me in their alumni magazine because I went to boarding school. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in your book, you talk about losing your father. I didn't lose a parent, but, um, you know, my mother, this is somewhat personal. My mother was very mentally ill and was abusing me. And so I was sent to boarding school. And so my high school is writing this article about how, you know, I overcame that. I was a mess when I first went to boarding school. Now I've, you know, been on ESPN, interviewed celebrities, whatever. But lots of really successful people I've talked to ate shit at some point in their life and went through something really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And overcoming that made them, you know, who they are. And so, Again, I'm sure, you know, what you talk about in your book, you know, dealing with tragedy, it, it was painful. But do you think to some degree that made you who you were as a professional athlete? I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I something philosophically I go back and forth with a lot is, you know, fate. And are we, you know, um, born? um to just lead a path that we have no idea is being led and it just happens or, or do we have a say in it? And, um, you know, that nature versus nurture concept, you know, are you just naturally the way you are or does, you know, 
the way you're nurtured, the things that happen to you in your life affect you. And I, and I just, it's hard for me to believe things in my life, you know, they've worked out so naturally, like there's a fate aspect to it. I believe like the Olympics not being rugby, not being in the Olympics since 1924. And then in 2016 is the first time and the U S wasn't even good enough. And then we qualify and I'm 28 years old in the prime of my life. And I just so happened to play this game my entire life. And I'm actually healthy to do this. And it's like, you know, like that was a fate driven thing to me, but um, you know, anyways, but I think about nature versus nurture and, and the, the, those moments that happened to me in my life. I mean, I absolutely feel defined by, I think about all the time and it's really been a f- pillar, if you will, in my thought process and how I, I go about everything. And, you know, I think it gives us a unique perspective of having gone through what you've gone through and, and myself and, really anyone who's experienced any type of uh, really tough time, which tough is a perspective concept, but um, that or, or a tragedy that they had to go through, uh, if they came out on the other side, I mean, it really just speaks to who you are as a person. And um, it really makes you understand that no matter what you face the rest of your life, for the most part, it, you won't be as deep in it as you were in that moment and you came out of that moment you want and want things won't be as bad as something you've already been through and you you come out of the fire from it and it just kind of gives me the perspective that when stuff seems bad or you people i hear people complaining about you know it's cloudy today i wanted it to be a sunny day it's just like yeah like you could lose somebody you love like dearly and, and you're here bitching about the the, the clouds in the sky like like gain some perspective and you know at the end of the day though people are going to be what they're going to be i I don't i'm not i'm not thankful that that happened to me but i think uh because of the the man that my dad raised me to be i I took the most out of a a shitty scenario and and learned some serious lessons that i carried with me going forward and it definitely helped define who i am and and gave me the the right mindset going forward with how i handle my business and how i how i want to uh, go through life and how I wanted to walk onto that football team at Ohio State and what I wanted to achieve and, and not giving in to anything. And, um, you know, nothing will ever be as bad as as losing my dad the way that I lost him. And then that's something, you know, like I said, I'm not I'm not grateful for, but I learned from and uh, it gave me a perspective on life that I think is unique. And I wish I don't wish it on anyone, but I wish people had that perspective because I think people would be a lot more grateful um, for for everything i think when you look at like like society today the bickering of the of the nonsense stuff that we fight about it's just like it really makes me feel like people just aren't grateful for anything in their life i mean we got it so easy relative to dip past times and the people that came before us to, to put us in this situation um you know and then like i said having having gone through that experience that perspective for me just makes me grateful for the things that i do have in my life because you never know when they're going to be gone and, I, and I've experienced them just being taken away from you and uh, I just like I said I wish people understood that perspective a little more I think it would make them a little more grateful and uh, I think you know all of us could be a little more grateful on a daily basis than we are as a society so oh absolutely and I think I remember also um, you know when you came on the podcast that I did with Marcus Ogden um, you know you talked about how you know, after your father passed away and you take some time off from Ohio State, 
you know, it was your mother who kind of encouraged you to to get back on your feet and, and keep going. And I think when you go through any type of really tough shit, the hardest thing, especially when someone someone who passes away, you know, the hardest thing is realizing that there's nothing you can do to change the past. All you can do is focus on, you know, your, you know, your future and moving forward. And that's been the hardest thing for me. Anytime I've been through, gone through something that's unfair is, you know, and the, the, but that's out of my control. I think, you know, for years I was very petty and, you know, held on to, you know, justified anger, but, you know, it, now age 30, I'm finally learning that, you know, you focus on what you can control. And sometimes you're in really bad situations and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Um, but yeah. So, and, and again, I think that does give you that wisdom, like in, you know, two day practices and whatever, and, you know, that can, that can make you um, a champion, but um, you know, also as far as some of your other adventures, um, you know, are you still uh, involved with the, the free jacks? I remember you and Patrick Chung got involved in the ownership group. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to go back to what you said. I mean, yeah, it does instill a stoic, you know, mindfulness and and mindset within you when you go through certain things because it makes you understand what you should put your energy into and and putting your energy into things that you have no control over is is a waste of energy when it could be funneled towards this is the situation I've accepted it now here's what I can do about it and uh, I think when you kind of live in that space you can be a lot more productive and you can be a lot happier because like you said you, you hang on I mean I was an angry kid there for a while after that and, and it takes a while to learn like how much time and energy you waste and emotional just draining and putting yourself in a bad place when you focus on the wrong things. So I uh, couldn't agree more with you there. But uh, yeah, still involved with the, the New England Free Jacks. I mean, um, the MLR is Major League Rugby uh, is doing awesome. I mean, to, to have started that league and then the net, it's its second year in as a, as a league, you know, going through COVID. Um, I mean, that put that put some other, I know some football leagues started that put them out. It, it put businesses out. I mean, uh, and in a in a sport in a business, if you will, that is is centered around you know um, entertainment and having people at your venue, uh, you know that was almost a death wish, really, or a death kiss. Um, it's just like you know you think that would end it, but for for this league to kind of come out of that and do as well as they're doing, um, you know, really reinforces to me that that was a right decision to get involved, and um, you know, obviously you know, the bias, the rugby guy in me is very happy that we've finally, uh, finally established a professional league in this country that's probably not going anywhere. And, you know, it, it, it when you look back at my rugby situation, you know, 16, 17-year-old Nate playing on the junior national team, aspiring to be a pro rugby player, but there's nowhere to play rugby in this country. You know, I'm going to have to go to France. I'm going to have to go to Europe or Japan or something to play and learn another language. And, and that really took it off the table for me uh, to see a kid now that's 16, 17, the MLRs doing really well. Um, you know, the Rugby World Cup's coming in 2032. I think I, I can't believe I don't know the, the year, but um, coming soon um, to aspire to play in a Rugby World Cup in the United States, uh, represent your country, play professionally in this country right now i mean with the league that's doing really well it's it's really uh really great to see and i think the most uh, encouraging thing um outside of it you know kind of really 
gaining a good foothold is seeing the foreigners coming over to play in this league when they could play. I mean, there's multiple leagues. There's leagues in Europe. There's leagues in Japan. J- Japan pays really well. Um, there's leagues in France. I mean, they're everywhere. But to see some of the big-name guys come to the United States to play in the MLR, um, uh, that's really reassuring. And it's it's awesome to see. And at the end of the day, it makes the product of rugby really good. And you've got some of those household names playing playing rugby in this country and and uh you know the the kids that watch the all blacks play and and win you know world cups and stuff they get to see some of those guys playing for their team in san diego or wherever they're they're at i mean that's just so awesome and and um i can't wait to see what the next five to ten years has for the mlr and rugby in this country um and you know you talked about how you know when you were you know kind of first getting out of ohio state you know the the more desirable career for you, you know, as a guy who played both sports was football, but you know, now there's maybe an option for guys to, you know, play rugby for a living and not leave the U S I mean, I played, I don't know if you're familiar with Boston rugby club. Mm -hmm. Um, They, so it's funny, like some of the guys I played with on that team were, um, you know, trying out for the national team and like in camp with the Eagles, but they also had jobs. You know, and like I played for them when I was still a college player and it was just a shit show, you know. And so, um, yeah, so it's definitely come a long way uh, since, you know, when I was playing. And I'm sure, you know, some of those guys, you know, I play with on, you know, Boston RFC who, you know, were trying out for the national team, but like worked at McDonald's to pay the bills would have loved to, you know, play on a team like the Free Jacks. You know, that's a that's a part of rugby that's super special. Like you said, you got guys who work normal jobs that are playing on a club team that are playing with a college kid who's learning. And, and it's such a community based thing. It's so cool. And, and then those guys can go on and represent their country. I think that's a really cool aspect of what rugby has been in the U.S. But when I look at like, you know, the world stage, like ultimately for us to like make this thing go, we need to have success as a country. We need to win medals in the Olympics and we need to show up in the World Cup. So people want to watch the Rugby World Cup. I mean, those are the two stars and those are international, you know, representation players. Those are USA players. Those are Eagles. And for for us to compete with the likes of the All Blacks or Fijian Sevens or blah, 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 like, Guys need to be professional because that's what they are. They're professional, just like all the other professional sports. If you want a team to be compete with the, you know, the New England Patriots or whatever, some Super Bowl champ football team, and you're in a different country, you better they better play it every day. And you know what I mean? They need to be professionals. And that's what we need in this is this country. As much as I love that culture that rugby is, um, at the highest of high levels, we need to establish a really professional atmosphere where guys are taken care of and they aspire to do that because you know they can put food on the table it can change their life if they play rugby and represent this country as much as i love the club scene and i don't want you know i I love that culture it's it's awesome but but for for this sport to go where we want it to we need to have success at the very highest level and if we don't have it there it's you know it's all for not in my opinion so yeah no absolutely um and you know, it's just interesting that kind of the club culture they have in in rugby now in the U.S. I mean, um, you know, I was first recruited to Curry College to play baseball. I didn't even know the rules when I first got to campus. You know, play baseball for a year, then switched over to rugby. But do you think it's a matter of, you know, and again, so like I was someone who didn't anticipate myself playing, but do you think it's really a matter of, you know, having more youth leagues or how can it become a more mainstream sport? Um 
Well, I, I think it's it's ultimately you want that success at the very highest level, right? Because then you get these young kids to be like, wow, like I want to be that. I want to go win a medal in the Olympics. I want to go play in the World Cup and represent the United States and play against the All Blacks in South Africa or wherever it is and win a medal because the USA can do it. And if I make that team, I can do that. Like you, you want those kids to aspire to that. You want that brand of the USA Eagle to be the best when it comes to rugby, because when people look around, they, they identify with a winning team. You know what I mean? That's why everybody has a new England Patriots shirt in new England because they win. Right. It's like, you want to identify with that. So that's important on the professional level. You just don't, you just don't get there though. And you, and, and to me, that foundation of having those, those kids all across the country playing will funnel you to those 15 to 22 guys that make that team eventually really good, but you need a professional atmosphere and you need these kids to kind of aspire to be that, but you need a lot of them playing. So it gets competitive. It's, it's, it's a very, yin and yang thing if you will like they go hand in hand but like one isn't going to have them without the other in my opinion like they have to grow together the the, the top level has to come and the, and, the, and the youth playing leagues have to broaden and, and the competition has to be there you look at the nfl or basketball i mean you can go down look i mean look at what texas high school football looks like i mean that is insane right i mean even ohio it's a big deal friday nights are a big deal um yeah, same thing with basketball around this country. So, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying I want to compare it to the NFL, but like every kid, you, you couldn't find, you could not find a kid in this country that said, do you know what American football is? And they say, no. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows what it is. Everybody's seen a football. They know how it's thrown. Like that. that's kind of, we want people to have that kind of familiarity with rugby. And it's, you know, it starts uh, with having success, but, you know, you got to get a lot of kids involved. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, like you said, kind of branding and, you know, it's funny, like you talk about the new England area, like I'm in the Boston area, like people who don't like football still wear Patriots jerseys because it's cool. You know what I mean? And, you know, and it's like, it's not socially acceptable to not know who Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski is, you know, even if you hate sports, people know who those people are. So, yeah. So I think that that is, and I think that would be huge for the game, you know, to have that presence, um, you know, the way it, you know, it does in maybe some other countries. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, you know, we're about 20 minutes, 28 minutes in, uh, you know, want to make sure I'm respectful of your time, but, um, you know, before we wrap up, did you have any other, uh, you know, if you want to talk about where people can get your book or free Jacks tickets or anything else you want to promote? Yeah. I mean, free Jacks follow them on, on Instagram, uh, just, you know, free Jacks, uh, go through me. You can find, you know, my Instagram's is 43. Um, but yeah, my book is on my Instagram. It's on Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon. Like if you want my book, it's called finish strong, um, a father's code and a son's path, Nate Ebner. I mean, if you want it, you can find it. It's a, it's a simple type it in Google and it will come right to you. So, um, but yeah, that was, that was a fun project. And then I was glad I got to share my story and really my father's story with the world. Absolutely. All right. So once again, um, everyone that was uh, former, two-sport professional athlete Nate Ebner. Thank you all for tuning in.